Good morning, good afternoon, welcome. Howdy doody. Fractal insight bear. Jeez, way to put a lot of pressure on yourself. <clears throat> Did you see Canada sent 60 plus police to shut down a barbecue joint? Yeah. It's kind of hard to separate the 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 uh entertainment, you know, like you you do these like drastic It's like uh it's like showboating. It's like you you know, you do a performance, but if you do the performance then anyone who has a little less courage than that guy will look at it and be like, well, I'm not doing that. And uh, I think there's more to the bluff. I think you have to be willing to get arrested if, you, if you're going to, you know, challenge challenge the authority, the, the alleged authority. Because if you don't keep challenging and keep challenging and just take it to the next, next step, every next step, keep taking it, um, <clears throat> people will people will kneel based on um, the example that's set. And so that's kind of how the psychological aspect of that works. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, happy uh, Friday of color. Um, it's pretty crazy. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I did. We had uh, went over to Grandma's house down the street. And uh, there were a couple of guests who showed up with masks and we uh, we demanded they take them off. And so that worked. Um, I was thinking about that aspect, you know, how like how all of the shame, right? It's similar to the, the protests and stuff, you know, so like let's say there's fraud or whatever, you know, and people are pissed decent people aren't rioting in the streets because they think there's fraud for the election. And I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I'm just noticing that the, that that's the case. And, and similar, I thought about when all of this bullshit started, you know, the people who weren't wearing masks, weren't going around going, you fucking idiot, you take the fucking mask off. And I actually wonder what would have happened if that if we, if people beat them to the punch, in other words, if you, if the people who were against these masks and saw down the line, what the logical end, what would, what would come about this nonsense, uh, if they freaked out and were like, you stupid idiot, take off your mask. And, and like, as opposed to just being like, all right, you wear your mask and I'm not going to, it's fine. And then what happens is that the people, the masked people end up being the ones screaming. It was kind of like that at Thanksgiving. It was like right from the start, grandma was like, no, you're in my house. If you want to come to Thanksgiving and wear a mask, don't come to Thanksgiving or take off your mask. And it was pretty simple. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it's at. You know, it's like you make your rules too. Um, but other than that, it was good. It was a couple of, not much politic talk at all which is great a lot of thanks a lot of acknowledgement 
everybody going around a circle saying what they're thankful for. Uh, that was all good. It was like just one moment of like the the tests coming up and me being like, well, do you even know what a PCR test is? And watching someone who obviously disagrees with me just basically, you know, you know when you're talking to someone and they disagree with you so much they can't even look you in the eye anymore. Like they just turn off and they just like look away. So like all respect is gone, all listening is gone and it's just complete glazing over. So that happened. I, you know, and that's not the first time that that's happened. So I wasn't surprised, but I was just like, oh, that's, you know, it just ver it just vindicates like what we're dealing with. That it's nothing, it has nothing to do with information. It's something much bigger. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then I called my mom, you know, FaceTimed her and my sister was there. You know, my sister runs a daycare, so she has to be, like, fully compliant. She doesn't have to be, but they're in New York. It's pretty gross there. Um, and uh, it was weird because me and my mom connect about this stuff a lot. A lot of the weird shit that's going to be coming down the tube. The compliance, the, 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 the compliances, the currency. She totally understands it at a biblical level. Uh, she understands that convenience uh, enslaves people and has them bend their, bend over, you know, to a lot of shit. And so she has a line and we talk about it frequently, but because my sister was there and she has a slightly different approach to all of this, you know, my mom found herself wandering to the other places in the house. And, uh, not that she had to, but it wasn't really until that moment that I, cause I could see all this stuff from a very, abstract or a, a, a vantage point that's outside just watching like a viewer but that was like in life reality where I saw uh, the distance that it creates between people in their families uh, and I was sad because it was just like oh this is this is deeper than like Trump versus Biden like this is like a spiritual war um and it's always been a spiritual war, but it's going to be more and more apparent that it's actually about the spirit, um, about good, about good and evil, about God. And, uh, and it'll really come down to materialists and pragmatists and uh, people who live their life based on convenience, you know, and what they're dealing with directly in their life and making choices based on whatever benefits them directly as opposed to standing up and being uncomfortable and putting themselves in, uh, in you know, jeopardizing situations uh, in order to stand up for what's right. And uh, that's just, I think, the the story of, of existence, the story of God, the story of Jesus, the story of man. And, uh, it's very apparent and, uh, to see it in your own family, it's kind of sad because, you know, you're looking at a future where there's something that becomes the divide that's way beyond superficial politics, way beyond who gets elected and not like, this is like the next phase of what divides. And it really comes down to 
will you accept the laws of man and will you reject the laws of God in order to accept your conveniences? And it's very simple, but it's extremely, uh, there's so much uh, implication there. And it, and like we saw it, me and my wife were just, after we hung up, we just went in, we were pacing in our little house. Pacing, you know, just like we were interacting with a likely future that isn't here yet, but we saw it so clearly through that conversation and how, uh, you know, and her, her, her sister's in New Zealand and I, you know, New Zealand is basically like the next China. Uh, they're gonna, as I mentioned in my mama knows best episode that they're going to be, they're already in it. They're already in that world that, that, uh, you know, that world of bondage of, of man's law. And it's all a matter of convenience. It's all what these people are dependent on and what they end up valuing. And so we just saw it everywhere. There are people like, even like Christian friends, you know, who come from rougher backgrounds, who they finally got their life in order and they got their little McMansion, right? And they got all their goodies and their husband finally got the six-figure job. And you know what I mean? It's almost like a, a new new era of boomer, a boomer that happens faster than uh, it takes for someone to be a boomer in like their 60s. It's happening to like, you know, 30-year-olds. Um, and how that's part of this game is that the people who worked really hard, right, for their material goodies, for their spot in life, for their status, you name it, whatever they have that they owe to themselves, and that's the crucial part, is that when you owe it to, when you say, I did this, you know, I thank myself. Who do you have to thank this? this? What do you have to be thankful for? Myself. I did it. I say, I gained the money. I did the thing. I Nobody's going to take this away from me. And so that is all over the place. And, and so those people, regardless of what their uh, proclaimed theology is, they're still saying, I'm going to comply because I worked really hard for all this stuff and I deserve it and nothing's going to take it away. So if I have to comply and I have to shoot my kids up with vaccines that I don't even know what's in them, and if I did know, I would be horrified. If I have to wear a mask everywhere, if I have to get five vaccines to get on a plane, if I have to have a vaccine to enter another state line, you name it, I'll do it to keep my little McMansion, to keep the thing I personally were, I made, I made it. And that's a, that's the, that's the human being his own God. That's, it starts there. It's not just the convenience. It's not just what you depend on. It's it's the illusion that you're you're the creator. And if you're the creator, you're going to protect what you what that illusion is, what you think you created, what you think you earned, what you think you own. And uh that's part of the the trickery here is that you know, even the most, let's say, on paper, theologically based person who knows all the scriptures, who knows this and that, who goes to church every Sunday, if they're in the mindset that 
everything they have, they have to thank themselves for because they worked hard and, you know, I come from a tough background and nobody's going to take away my current status. I worked hard for this. They're going to bend the knee. They're going to participate and trade in uh, their, their dignity and and they're going to put God's law to the side and they're going to accept man's law to to keep their shit. Um, and it's rampant. It's it's absolutely rampant. Um. So yeah, that that was very apparent, and it was stressful. Like it went from a really great evening, and then getting home, and we left our kids at, at grandma's. So it was just us, and usually that's fun. And just like date night, basically, you know, watch some cheesy, wholesome movies. And, uh, but we were in like, you know, we were black pilled. Like, and we knew it was all stuff that we knew already, but there was a level of, uh, you know, I think our, our own vulnerability to, uh, to fear. You know what I mean? It was like a moment of like sin. It was like we were both indulging in in fear because the truth was very apparent. And then eventually you get around to it and you go, well, where's your faith? You know, where are you putting your faith? You know, even the the uh, the prospect of leaving somewhere and getting your, your homestead and doing this thing and, and going out there and, you know, getting away from it. You don't win. You don't win. You don't get away from the fallen state of man or the problems that we're always going to be facing. And uh, you don't get away from a lot of it. So that's why it's always at a spiritual level that we're we're battling. And uh, that was just really apparent. But it was also sad because it was like her sister's in New Zealand. They're literally like a prison island right now, but a happy prison, a comfy prison island with like really nice chairs and well-designed, you know, stuff and food and all this stuff. It's a different prison and, uh, and they don't know. And you're like, when am I going to see my family again? Or how quickly will it, will it emerge, right? How quickly will someplace like New York where my family lives make a rule that you can't like, forget, like I, I could always drive, but so screw the airplane, but then they go driving, you know, or you go tolls or you go train or you go, you can't come into this state, you know, you can't come into this state without getting a vaccine. And then it becomes like a level where you're really dealing with the consequences of maintaining your, uh, your liberty and maintaining your agency of your body and maintaining your spiritual wholeness and faith. And, uh, that's something I believe in our generation, we're going to have to deal with. And, and if you're like me, you grew up and you, you got all this stuff thrown in your face about the past and the, you know, this happened and then Hitler and Stalin happened and all these things happened. And you think, well, I guess it's so good. We're past all of that. You know, what's our thing? You know, if you might, you guys might relate like growing up and being like, what's, what's our thing? What is it? It's not, it's definitely not 9-11 because that was just like that 
something happened and we viewed it, right? We watched it like a TV show. And then all the repercussions were out there. Aside from like Patriot Act and like getting frisked at the airport, that war was outside, was gone, was on the TV. This war is at home. This this war is at home and the presented enemies are your family and friends. Um, it's a mental war and a spiritual war and it's not a war of soldiers. And, uh, and that's the thing. So when you ask yourself, what is our thing? What's our thing? What, what is my generation's uh, triumph or failure or disaster or catastrophe? This is it. It's a spiritual battle. Uh, it's not fought the same way. It's not fought the same way at all. And it's happening. The war already, it's happening. They're, the war is here. And they, they, the powers, the, the manipulators, the psychopaths, they orchestrated in a way where the civilians, your neighbors, your family, your friends are enemy combatants. <clears throat> You're a threat to them. And because they look at you like a threat, they're, the, the, the trick is to, to believe that they're a threat to you and they're not. And you're not a threat to them, but it's a it's a big uh, trick. It's a big magic trick. And information doesn't help. Telling someone, showing someone, you know, the PCR test, showing them it's nonsense. Showing them that every single mandate since the beginning of this bullshit is based on failed, broken, dumb testing that's totally illegitimate. Even if you showed them, even if you showed them the footage of the creator, the inventor of the fucking thing saying, don't use this, don't use this. They still won't. They'll still have a deadened zombie look because they're protecting what they have. Their job requires them to abide by the narrative. Their income requires it. Their, uh, their 503C1 whatever bullshit status requires it. Uh, you know, all of their grant money requires it. <clears throat> it's all this, this is the, this is the net that they're caught in the spider web. And, you know, they're just protecting what they have, man. It's really, uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't appeal to faith, you can really go down a dark sort of depressing hole. And I'm by you, I mean me. Uh, because it does impact me, you know, I'm really good at like presenting. I'm really good at mostly being unaffected and in faith and just being like, no, fuck this humor, be awesome, be funny about it, you know, free people up with whatever you can free, free who, who seems to be your enemy, free them, free them. But sometimes you know, I hit a dark, I hit, I go down, you know, and I think yesterday, last night was one of those. And today is lingering because it's just so, you know, I lose like, uh, respect and, uh, I just lose, you know, I get demoralized a little bit because I'm just like so disappointed in, in humans. But I also know that if you're disappointed in humans, you're, if I'm disappointed in humans, I have them up on some sort of pedestal. 
I have us, I have me, I have you up on a pedestal. It's a, it's a slight form of worship. It's a, it's a, it's a sin because my faith, when you get upset and demoralized and you get, uh, when you get really, uh, disenchanted or like you, you know what I mean? The feeling that you lost faith in humanity there's another trick linguistically that's been uh, introduced to us when people say, oh, the humanity, or you lost, oh, I, I just lost faith in, faith in humanity. The, the fact you had faith in humanity to begin with is, is the problem, right? So I'm looking at a woman putting her four-year-old in her full mask in her car. I could only truly be upset if I lose my true faith. And I put my faith into that woman. And I say, what are you doing? I'm losing my faith in you. And it's like, that was the, the first sin. That's why it's so upsetting. Because it's revealing where all of us put our faith in humans. So all of our upset, all of our um, thwarted intentions and views because of these other human beings who were just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? What is wrong with you? Uh, it all comes from the expectation and faith in those people. It's a, it's a little bit of a trick. So, you know, I'm guilty. Shapiro, what's your mask design? Well, I, I actually don't need to design a mask. Uh, what I do is I simply put an elastic string on my yarmulke and I simply pull it down. It's like, you know, efficiency. If I need, if I'm walking around, why do I want to wear a mask on the top of my head and a mask on my face where I could just pull down my yarmulke? Now, now, now it's debatable whether whether taking that yarmulke down and putting it on my face if that's some sort of some sort of transgression or something like that, or if that's heretical. We don't know that. I have to. I'd have to actually consult with a with a rabbi about that. But but the fact is, it's like if I need a if I need a face mask, you know, I simply I, I, there's a new company that sells, you know, N95 yarmulkes. They just happen to happen to fit over my face. This is this is just this is just good design, folks. This is really good design, folks. 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 Um. So. I, I was thinking about if people keep this going, though, if they keep worshiping their little masks and stuff, I was like, what is the future going to look like if, if this becomes the norm? And I, and I was thinking about that and, and probably Alexa or my phone knew what I was thinking and was like, maybe I'll show the show Jim Bob, you know, he's, he's asking. Um, and, uh, here's what I saw. So this is just daily life in a year from now. <clears throat> That's how people eat. That's how people kiss. That's how people play games. And that's just hanging out with your cat. That's pretty much what it's going to look like. You know, they're going to make all these contraptions. 
Um, actually, I was just thinking about that. Just hit me now. Like when I said, uh, my phone's probably listening to me and, uh, your phone's listening to you and it's presenting, you know, targeting ads and all this bullshit. We all know that. But I was thinking about, I talk a lot about how tech is worshiped as God and how the, the phrase, the scripture ask and ye shall receive how, um, how that can be transposed by man. The only way man can become God according to that scripture is to use technology to, uh, to basically answer prayer, like at the level of prayer, not only are they going for, uh, living forever, right? That's like the ultimate, uh, I am God technology is God, but before that, there's all these little steps and that's one of them. So, uh, you know, I talked about how tech can remove the experience of serendipity, like happy accidents, because it'll know all the information and connect the dots for you and be like, if you go into this bar, you'll see a childhood friend from third grade. Unfortunately, his mom died last year. When you go in, please consider all of the things that I've told you about his information and put it into your conversation. So it's like that stuff, um... But on a on a larger level, asking ye sh- ye shall receive is basically what Amazon, the the particular scripture, Amazon uh, wants to uh, wants to transpose into material into the material realm, and use phones and input and all this shit to do that. And so, for every promise. For every one of God's promise, there's a an. Um, a subtle or or explicit overt uh, inversion of it that's promised by man. That's the nature of men is to take it, take the promise, and then see if you can promise it as a man. I mean, that's entire. That's Bernie Sanders' entire platform, you know. And it's all over the place, and it's like it's a it's a key feature of what makes a lot of these, uh, psyops and, um, mass mental manipulations work. Um, here's a picture of me when I first moved to Los Angeles at 21. What a young little douche. Isn't that funny? Um, what else we got? He obviously most of you guys saw the Bill the Bill Gates uh, thing. I even posted it to YouTube, so I won't play that. Yeah, let's play it. It's just fun to play and and watch with you guys. Hey Bill, what are you doing this morning? I'm just playing The Sims. That video game? No, it's real people. Oh Bill, <laughs> get in the fucking basement. Okay, well, let's uh... We gotta practice your evil laugh. Let me show you. <laughs> okay, let, let me try it. Okay. Put your hands down. Stop flailing your hands. Okay, I'm trying. Try. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm gonna inject all of you with my vaccine.
A little bit. It looks, it really does look a lot like her, him, he, man, Linda. Um, that just, that, that inspired me making that because, you know, it's my job as a jester to, uh, reveal the absurd. Um, and I'm trying to figure out a way to, to expose this stuff and make it funny, but not, you know, because I, I have to study more. Like, I can't just mock. You know what I mean? It's like it's fun and it feels righteous. But I'm still exploring how do I be how do I do it in a more righteous way? Uh like am I permitted to mock evil? Am I permitted to mock people who I perceive as uh whose behavior I perceive as a privation of good? Like is it in my authority? And uh, so I have to like, as a creator, uh, an artist or a satirical doodler or animator or speaker, I'm constantly honing in on what what it means to do what I do in a way that's, that's uh, increasingly righteous. You know, there are a couple of rules that I break a lot, good rules. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? And sometimes I ask myself that when I make these things. And a lot of times it's not particularly kind, but it's a, but it occurs as necessary. And I don't always nail those three. Is it kind? Is it true? Is it necessary? I try to nail the middle one. Is it true? Mostly. Uh, it's almost, some of it's unnecessary, some of it's necessary, and some of it's I wouldn't say kind, but not unkind. It's not like overtly kind. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I'll have to consult, you know, people who are better versed in, in, uh, in the Bible, my mom, some of my friends and see like, what, how can I make it better? How could I make it even better? Michael Obama. Let's see. What do you think they'll do with the people who choose not to get vaccinated? Again, it's all just a compliance base. So they just make their lives miserable based on removing their convenience. But ironically, it makes them happier. You just think that removing the short-term conveniences makes you miserable, but it only gives you a little temporary uh, sense of dissatisfaction and trouble, annoyance like a paper cut. Uh, But clearly, the people that you see who represent uh, going away from the convenience worship, uh, the homesteaders, the Owen Benjamins, the the homesteaders, you don't know their names because they don't, that's all they do. You know, there are people who you may even know or you walk by in the street or doing this and they don't, you know, they're not in the other world. They're not in both worlds like we are, where you're constantly trying to fight against the system. But we're also ironically stuck on the system to talk about how to fight against the system. You know what I mean? Like all of social media. It's like I deal with that shit 
personally, you know, spiritually and mentally, where it's like, at what, like, at what threshold do I remain in these particular social media aspects of, of life so that I can get to people, so I can reach people, so I can inspire or make people laugh or at the very minimum, get them uh, in a higher spirit, you know, or remind them of something, you know, and then how much of it is, you know, get the fuck off this bullshit, you know, I think about that. I'm like, you know, if, if we all had it our way, I mean, would we all be off of this shit? I, I just don't know. Cause that's, that's what I'm dealing with is like, do you ever really get away from any of it? Even if you get off all this, all this bullshit, let's say you just live a very simple life. There's no way that you're getting away from the, the difficulties of life, you know? The difficulty then just becomes something else, you know, you're, you're isolated. You might run out of food, you know, like let's say the future, not to black pill. I was thinking about this though. And it's, if people don't at least start thinking about this, the fact that, you know, if your local and state government keep pushing this bullshit where everything's mandatory, right? They're going to get to a point where the medical industry, the complex, uh, can get to a point where they don't service you. They don't fix your broken leg. The, 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 the oath is conditional, just like they try to make the, you know, constitutional rights conditional, you know, we just had four judges whose job is to uphold at the, at the very strictest level, the constitution, uh, specifically one a and two a, and they voted that during a, a, pan, a fake pandemic that, that uh, your, your First Amendment rights to congregate, to assembly, to free speech, to worship, your religious freedoms are uh, arbitrary. They can be changed depending on the condition. The fact that four judges exist and they aren't like hanged for that or put in jail or banished from American society, like the fact that people celebrate that that there's, there was four people who actually were like, yeah, we should probably make it illegal, you know, depending, like the state gets to come in and say, oh, we're in a dangerous territory, there's national security, uh, you can't worship, you can't go to church. This is like, this reveals how much, how far past we are than where most of us think, you know? No, you don't see it directly in front of you. No, it's, it's not enforced. But just to get a sense of where, how far we've gone from God's law, because all of that, all of the, the feather pen law is based on God's law. So you can't appeal to the feather pen because the, the spiritual law, the, the God's law comes first. That's what everything's based on. Right. So it's like when that, when people go away from that, it doesn't matter what fucking feather pen exists. Because that it shows that the culture that was once uh, united, uh, homogenous in its theology, uh, in its tilios, where are we going? What are we here for? Um, 
when that goes splinters away, you know, all these people appealing to government, uh, Trump or get these people in, vote this, vote that. No. If the culture is so splintered that your representatives reject God's law at the Supreme Court level, you got to wake up and understand that it's not it's not the feather pen or the institutions of America that are that are being jeopardized because they are, but that's secondary something. There's something that comes before that. And that's, that's a rejection that that's a rejection of the higher order of law. And so when people just go away from that, you know, they go libertarian. They're like, yeah, I don't need God. That's cool. I don't need God. I just need natural law and feather pen law. That's cool. No, no. When it all splinters away, I mean, all of it, it's all tied to spirituality all of it, wearing masks, covering the face, worshiping man, you know, all you right-wingers who are just like so horny for, you know, Trump to win or election fraud to be, to be, you know, proven or, you know, abortion to be made illegal. There's something so much deeper that we're in the result of that uh, needs to be confronted head on. And it can only be battled spiritually. And if you're going to go pragmatic in reality, it's generation. You have to have kids. You have to have kids, a lot of kids. Everybody has to have a shit ton of kids actually. Like that's the emergency. Like I, if I was the president, I would make a, I would mandate that people had to have kids or they had to leave. Because that's that's the threat. It's like all about atomization. It's about atomizing culture, splintering it, diversity. It's about uh, it's about pouring in a bunch of immigrants into these cultures, so it um, it equals uh, saturation. Just like you, if you print a bunch of money, if you print essentially a bunch of people in a country, it does the same thing to the currency that is culture, uh, traditions and family and it atomizes people. And so that's been the the thing going on in a lot of countries for a while now. And some of them are figuring it out. I I don't know that we are collectively, but at least there are people like you, different communities who are seeing it and understand how to battle it. You don't battle it by asking Donald Trump to do anything, you know, or Charlie Kirk or any of these fuckers. They're not going to do anything for you. What is atomization? Well, it's funny that you spelled it Adam like Adam and Eve. Uh, But atom, like turning the man into a singular unit and pushing, oh, you know, Oh, it's a family, but we are all individuals with our own ideas and and pursuits and beliefs. Like it's basically turning all of men, all of women into their own gods, pretty much at a spiritual level, at a, uh, a legal level. It's, it's just like, uh, the turning everyone into Ayn Rand's wet dream of what it is to be human, which is all strictly individual follow your needs, follow your wants and desires. And, uh, you know, everything else is just, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, and so 
you know, you get that kind of ideology and then you add debt, you, you, you take the person, you, you reduce the man to the, to the, uh, what is it called? The, um, homo economicus it's called the rational thinking man who's making decisions on his own left and right making his own isolated choices for him you you get a culture to accept that and then you give them massive amounts of uh, credit you know you give them loans you give them you know so their eye is on this shiny thing for them then you give them the loan to pursue the shiny thing and then you create a society of slaves and they're not just slaves to debt. They're actually slave to something else before the debt. The debt enables it. The slavery is to their appetites and to their personal wants and desires. That's why it's always spiritual. If you ask what's happening, if you just listen at any given moment, you say, what's happening here? And, and you look at the the mechanics, you'll go, oh, there's debt and there's usury and there's all this stuff and there's social and uh, moral decay. But but that's what's happening. Like, And then if you keep asking, well, what's the source? It always gets reduced. And you can try this at any moment with yourself or with family or friends. For someone to say something or do something, something has to be true before that. They have to see something as true. You could always ask, what what must be true for that person to say that or do that? And you can keep peeling back the onion and you'll always get to what's being worshipped. The, the question is, what is what's being worshipped? What's being valued here the most? Um, and the, the atomization is the worship of your personal wants and desires, the worship of the individual. And the only way to truly worship the individual is is to is to cherish or uh, cherish their personal uh, pursuits. It's all material. It cannot. It doesn't exist at the metaphysical level. You know that's the only way people do this shit. That's why, like, you get these. I saw like this woman. What a sick woman! And I felt bad for her. Like I went from rage to like prayer immediately because it was like this is a woman with glasses and she made this big speech about how she she was 16 and she was in love with her boyfriend and they got pregnant and she was like and like many young girls who have an un you know planned pregnancy and it's like no bitch you had sex you planned for the possibility of being pregnant okay you would you didn't think it would happen but it happened so you took an action that's consistent with getting pregnant simple take responsibility first step she's she goes on to say and then I got, you know, if I didn't have access to an abortion, I wouldn't be able to have pursued my life today. And today I have two books and I, I serve on the board of XYZ and I blah, 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 blah. And then, and then she's, she goes on to say, and now I have three kids and now I'm, I have three kids. And one of them is transgender, of course. And, uh, and those poor kids. Because all this woman is saying to her kids, actually, and to the world, all she's, she's saying is to her, to her own children, your brother or sister was worth killing so that I can pursue all my goals and my interests. So that I can have you. And all they hear is, wait, so if the timing was different, you would have killed us. If you didn't get to where you were 
going, <coughs> by the time you had us, you would have also killed us. So what you're saying is killing your own offspring is okay as long as you get a book deal. As long as you are like uh, Busy Phillips, you soulless whore who made a speech about how she wouldn't have gotten the big house or the she wouldn't have been able to get all these acting roles if she had had to have a baby. It's just not true. It's demonic and it's not even true. Because then you have to look at all the other successful women who got exactly to where you are and they have four kids and they didn't kill any of their babies. So what's, so that's like the worship of material. It's a result of, of, of demonic shit. It's the worship of that your physical life and the things you get and the things you obtain and the money you make and all the accolades you get. That's like me saying, you know, when I met Megan, we had only known each other for two months. We got pregnant. That would be like me saying, I wouldn't have been able, if I kept my daughter, I had to kill my daughter because I had to start uh, made by Jim Bob and I had to make these cartoons and I now have a this many followers and I sold this many books and you know what if I didn't have access to slaughter my kid and put him in a blender and then sell him to a fucking you know DNA fucking cell plant to make vaccines and whatever other bullshit then I wouldn't have never been able to do the live streams these people are sick like they, they can't be helped in the physical. They, it's spiritual. That's why you can't change their mind with things. Can't change their mind with facts. They can't, you can't change their mind. It doesn't matter whether it's abortion or a fake pandemic bullshit. You're not going to change their minds because what has to be true for them to even think that that's okay is that there is no morality. There's only utility in what you pursue and what you got. And you got one life and that's it. And that's true. You have one life. But there's two ways of taking that. There's either you have one life, so you better get all the fancy stuff you need and totally pursue your selfish needs. Or you have one life and it's going to be judged. And only one of those keeps you in check with the, with the choices you make. Because some, a lot of moral choices don't benefit you directly with fancy shit. A lot. A lot of them. And so, I guess the moral of this stream is that there are only two kinds of people. People who accept God's law and can ground more morality and people who worship man and, and the things and the creation. And then every single action, every single statement can, can, you can, you can pull it back to that and it'll always make sense every single time. And if you say that's over reduced, I don't care because the truth is narrow. It's, it's sharp. It's not vague. There's not a lot of different angles to the truth. The truth is sharp. It's very sharp. It cuts on both ends of the blade and uh it's narrow it's very narrow 
Anyway. <clears throat> Advice for 21-year-old 21, 21 douches. Find your gift and uh, use it for good. You know? Use your gifts for good. Don't use them for your own, you know, I want to get this, I want to get this, I'm going to be the best. Oh, I'm going to be the best. Oh, my gosh, Donald Trump shared my tweet. Oh, my gosh, look at that. Mom, the water's here. Be responsible for your, for your gifts. Anyway, I got to go. Let's let's leave on something. F well, I guess it's upbeat. Let's leave on this cartoon again, just to remind ourselves who we're not and who needs prayer. Hey Bill, what are you doing this morning? I'm just playing The Sims. A video game? No, it's real people. Oh, Bill, <laughs> get in the fucking basement, Bill. Okay, Melissa. We gotta practice your evil laugh. Let me show you. <laughs> okay, let, let me try it. Okay. Put your hands down. Stop flailing your hands. Okay, I'm trying. Try. Okay, here we go. Uh, I'm going to inject all of you with my vaccine. Bill, you fucking pussy. Okay, I'm going to lighten, lighten, lighten up on the language, okay? Let me try again. I'm gonna inject every last one of you. Same. That's better. A little bit. Hey, Bill. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna continue those. Um, there's a lot that can be said in one single frame of a cartoon, but you don't get all those little cute details and elements like voices and movement and stuff and i'm learning a lot in uh, animation in the program it takes a lot of time um you know i've been people have reached out to try to help me with stuff um i don't know how good i am at working with people you know because i have this protective authoritarian view of my vision and what i have to say and so i get really snooty because if someone's like you know, I could work with technicians. That's how how it is. Like technicians who know their place and who don't assume like, oh, I'm going to, now I'm going to come in with all these ideas and then I have to run through, like be like, okay. You know what I mean? I don't know if that resonates with any of you guys in your own fields where you're just like, I know what I want to say and, um, and if there was help, it would have to be like, a technical aspect, you know, but everyone, you know, a lot of people want to be creative too, and they want to impact this and that, and they want to write and they want to do all the shit. And it's just like, I don't know. In that regard, I end up being sort of lone gunner, but, uh, I'm still willing to try, you know, programmers, not producers. Yeah. The soft music, yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, I gotta go. Uh, God bless, be good. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's really a time for for more humor. And just know, and just know, 
if things get worse, and by worse, I mean it just keeps pushing toward this bullshit, like more compliance, more compliance, you know, it's likely, right? The more people are reliant on this shit, the more they just accept it. And they just go, well, maybe this is this the new way. I don't know. <laughs> just know that the culture that develops because of that, like the subculture, I'm talking like, take a... Take like speakeasies, not to say like speakeasies were like these wholesome little places, right? I'm just saying the counterculture to some of this shit is going to be so glorious and beautiful. It's going to be so pure and so creative and joyous that just know that, you know, it's not about defeating the compliance alliance, right? That's what I call it. The compliance alliance It's like a team of super, they think they're superheroes, they're just masked sheep retards, but you don't defeat them, right? That's not the goal. The goal is to pursue what you want and to be able to withstand the discomfort that's required for you to pursue what you want, for, for you to uh, act in God's law, to, to, you know, it's not what you want, actually. It's like, it's what you want. I don't mean it like what you uh you know, like your wants and needs, like I was talking about before. So I don't want to confuse those two. Um, but if you pursue that and everything's, uh, you know, in God's name within God's will, like the, the amount of creativity and explosion that happens be as a result of countering this is just, just keep in mind that that's the opportunity always, you know, when shit's real bad, things get funny, you know, because it requires humor, it requires humility, you know, give up the idea that you're going to control this narrative, that you're going to fix it. If we just, if we just X, if we finally just X, I have to deal with that. If we finally just get all these companies together, they just say, no, we can stop this thing. And it's a track. And when we win, and then people are like, Jim Bob said it, and we won. And you know, like we're all on, up on our chairs. Like we're at a fucking Jewish wedding and they're just singing a song. We're all on our own chairs. Cause we won the, the championship of reality. It doesn't work like that. You have to give up your, your control and put your faith in God, not in man, but also maintain uh, your agency and your sanctity and your dignity. And it's a weird balance. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's not clear. It's not like written on, it's not like a, in a spreadsheet, but just know that the opportunity is there, you know, whatever your craft is, whatever your language is, whatever your, uh, what you're good at, what, whatever you're good at, you know, whatever your gift is, there's a, there's a demand for it being represented, not as a counter. It's, it's just, it's not as a counter to the bullshit. It does, it does necessarily counter it, but it's not because you're not doing it because it counters, right? You're doing it because it's like your way of worshiping. It's your way of acknowledging. And so within that context, there's a lot of freedom you know, if, if you guys are ever disempowered, what can I do, right? I had a good friend who hit me with all this, this crazy red pill shit 10 years ago. And I said, what can you, what can you do? You know, I said it like that. It's like a cynicism. What can you do? And he looked at me and it just shows the two sides. He said, what can you do? 
he presented it differently. He said it happy, happily, and he literally pointed it back to me. He said, what can you do? Not what can you do? It's literally, what can you do? What's your gift? It doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to get a bunch of followers. You don't have to get a bunch. You don't have to make it viral. It could literally be something in the physical that no one sees on digital. Some act of kindness, something. What can you do is the question. Do that thing. Love you.